Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today we are going to make sense of healthcare policy. Wait, wait, stick with me, stick with me. We're, we're not going to nerd out too deep here. We're going to try and explain what the Democratic candidates for president are saying. What's Medicare for all? What's the public option? There's so many terms thrown out these debates, it's confusing. So we're bringing in the Secretary of Explaining Healthcare, that's the title I gave him, Larry Levitt. He's a health policy expert at the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation. He's going to explain it all to us. Making sense of healthcare next on It's All Political. Larry Levitt, welcome to It's All Political. I would say it was a long journey for you, but you just walked down the street. I did, San Francisco. and it's a beautiful day out in yes. San Francisco. <laughs> Unusual. An unusually yes. beautiful day here in San Francisco. Summer day. Okay, one, I want to talk to you so bad because I, you know, after watching, what, 10 hours of, of Democratic presidential debates on TV uh, and hearing them talk about their health plans, what health plans, which is wonderful to have an actual debate about healthcare in this country, um, but the problem I'm hearing from a lot of people is, uh, and a lot of viewers are saying that they're, they're so into the weeds that we have a hard time understanding what they're talking about, differentiating what they're talking about, and really just understanding what this means to me. Is this going to mean it's going to be easier for me to get healthcare or cheaper? How am I, how are we going to pay for it? Et cetera. Can I keep my own plan? As our, uh, previous president said, if you like this, you can, if you like this, you can keep your own doctor. Okay, so first, let's uh, help us define a few terms in simple language that we can all understand. Some candidates, most notably Senator Bernie Sanders, support Medicare for all. Larry, what is Medicare for all? Yeah, well, and as Bernie Sanders said, he he wrote the damn bill. So he, wrote uh, the damn he bill. is yeah. definitely associated with Medicare for all. Uh, and you know, at one level, it's it's really simple. The idea is that everyone in the country would be automatically covered in a program called Medicare. Uh, it actually wouldn't look a lot like the current Medicare program. It would have no premiums, no deductibles, no copays. So you could go to any doctor, any hospital, get care for free. Uh, the uh, you know the the hitch is that uh, you'd have to pay for it somehow, so taxes would go up. Uh, so essentially, tax increases would replace premiums and deductibles for people. And do we know how much uh, taxes would go up? We've heard all sorts of estimates on this. I think uh, uh, Senator Biden maybe have mischaracterized this in the past debate. How much would this cost? Yeah, I mean there there are a range of estimates, and it depends a lot on the assumptions you made. I mean we're talking about you know remaking a fifth of the economy, so yes. uh, there's some uncertainty here. Uh, but you know there's a general consensus that taxes would have to go up by about thirty trillion dollars over ten years. Uh, now that sounds like a lot of money. I mean yeah. it is a lot of money. Thirty trillion dollars is a lot of money. Uh, but that would replace what people are paying now in premiums and deductibles, and what employers are paying to provide health insurance to their workers. So it's very possible that a Medicare for all plan. When you add up everything that everyone spends on healthcare, uh, would actually cost less or roughly the same as what we spend today. It would just be distributed really differently. When we say it, it's very possible, we don't. When it, any of these plans, we don't know 
we can just have sort of projections based on the rough outlines that we get from the candidates, correct? That's right. I mean, these, these uh, in many cases, these plans from the candidates are you know closer to bumper stickers than detailed yes. legislation. Uh, even in the case of Senator Sanders, where he does have a bill, there are a lot of things in that bill that are uh, unstated. Uh, one is how he would finance the plan, how which taxes he would raise to pay for it. Uh, but the other is how much doctors and hospitals and drug companies would get paid. And that's a really crucial assumption uh, that determines how much the plan would, would cost. So those details we don't know yet. We don't. Okay. Um, and would and under this plan, as you alluded to, private insurance would go away, correct? That's right. I mean, private insurance would be virtually eliminated. Uh, as Senator Sanders has talked about, uh, private insurance could offer uh, supplemental uh, uh, benefits. But the benefits in, in the Medicare for All plan from Senator Sanders are so comprehensive that there would really be uh, no room for private insurance. I mean, they could sell a supplement, supplemental plan that covers, uh, you know, cosmetic surgery, uh, but no insurer would sell you a, cosme- a plan to cover cosmetic surgery because they know that you'd be looking to get cosmetic surgery. <laughs> yes, you, you wouldn't buy that plan unless you were planning to, 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 exactly. to, uh, to, exactly. to buy into that program. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about uh, some people are, are who are supporting Medicare for All, or include Sanders, uh, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, and Elizabeth Warren. Those are the folks who are all in, correct, on exactly. Medicare for All. And exactly. I guess Tulsi Gabbard is, is uh, that's right. largely that's right. all in on it. Yes. Okay. What is the public option? We hear some candidates, I believe Senator Biden talks about this. What is the public option? Yeah, so there, there are a whole range of proposals that uh, candidates are calling a public option or you know Medicare for everyone who wants it, um, and it responds. Which Buttigieg wants which that, yeah. Buttigieg right has has talked about that, um, and and the idea is that you know one big uh, political landmine in in Medicare for all is that people would have to give up their current insurance. Uh, now it's not like people love their current private insurance, but they get nervous when you talk about taking it away, uh, and that uh, that shows up in our in our polling, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know these public option plans are trying to tap in. Into the um, uh, the the enthusiasm for Medicare for all and the idea that you could join Medicare and save money, uh, but avoid that political landmine of taking away people's insurance. So the idea is that people could. Uh, on, on an optional basis, uh, join Medicare or buy into Medicare, uh, potentially with some subsidies, some help from the government, but they wouldn't be required to do so like under Medicare for all. So anyone could buy into Medicare, no no matter what age you're in, no matter what age you are. Yeah, there are a range of proposals. So for example, uh, Senator Klobuchar has talked about uh, allowing people 50 to 64 years old to buy into Medicare. Uh, others, uh, you know, Vice President Biden has a more expansive proposal that says anyone could could buy into Medicare. Even if you have employer coverage, if you don't think that's affordable, you could go into Medicare instead. How would we pay for that? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. And it depends a lot on the details. So uh, like how much would you have to pay to, to go into right. to Medicare? Uh, the more you charge people to go into Medicare, then the less it costs the government. Uh, or how much would doctors and hospitals get paid? You know, one of the issues uh, under the Sanders plan as well. Um, that really drives the, the cost. So, uh, you know, it would certainly uh, a public option, option would certainly cost less than Medicare for all in terms of increased taxes. Uh, but how much less to pay? Depends a whole lot on these details. Does anyone who has the most detailed plan when it comes to uh, a public option, you know, buying into Medicare? 
Well, so Vice President Biden has put out a, a, a pretty detailed plan that, that builds on the Affordable Care Act, so expands the subsidies to middle-class people uh, to help them buy insurance and, and gives anyone this option to, to buy into to Medicare. Um, there's also a plan called Medicare for America, which is kind of a public option on That's steroids. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, yeah, Beto O'Rourke has yeah. endorsed that. There's a bill in uh, in Congress and the House uh, that lays out a very detailed uh, approach to that. Um, and that, that's the plan that sort of comes the closest to Medicare for all, but doesn't quite get there. Um, so wait, let, let's go back to the, to the, uh, the public option and the Biden plan and such. Um, so do we know how much that, how much that would be coming out of our pocket if we wanted to buy into Medicare? Is that, is that clear yet? Not, not at all clear, uh, okay. how much we would have to pay to, to buy into Medicare or, or who would get help buying in. Uh, I mean, it doesn't do anyone a whole lot of good if they can buy into Medicare but have to pay the full cost. Uh, right. Really, it's really only helpful if uh, people get some help in uh, in 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 that buy-in premium. And that when you say there might be subsidies for middle class folks, how are we defining the middle class, which is the age-old question in America? Yes. <laughs> Who is middle yeah. class? <laughs> so you know, the Affordable Care Act uh, had a, a a big hole. The Affordable Care Act provides subsidies to help people pay their premiums, uh, but only for people with incomes up to four times the poverty level. And that varies by family size, but it's, uh, you know, uh, roughly $90,000 a year or so for a family of four. So if you make, um, if your family makes up to $90,000, you could get some sort of subsidy, some sort of help from the government to help you pay for health care. Exactly. But if your income's above that, you're paying the whole premium. So these are people who are self-employed, uh, you know, artists, early retirees, farmers, uh, and they're frankly taking it on the chin. I mean, they have mm. seen their premiums go up dramatically in recent years uh, to some extent uh, because of some steps the Trump administration has taken to undermine the ACA. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're paying the whole premium. So they, you know, and, and many of them have dropped out of the market because they can't, they can't afford it. Um, so the Biden plan would extend these, these uh, subsidies under the Affordable Care Act to these middle-class people with incomes above four times the poverty level. And again, private insurance remains there. If you like your plan, you can remain on your plan under the Biden plan, under Klobuchar is also in the same thing, O'Rourke, and mo really most of the rest of the field, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the idea is to uh, give people the option to go into Medicare, to essentially create a a public insurance plan that competes with private insurance companies, uh, but it wouldn't take away private insurance from anyone. Okay. And then um, we have... Uh, Give us a little bit of the nuance on the Beto Rourke uh, Medicare uh, for all version or his version of this. Yeah, Medicare for America, it, I'm sorry. It, it's sort of almost Medicare for all uh, and more than a public option. So um, uh, for many people, they would automatically go into Medicare just like under Medicare for all. So people who get Medicaid today, which is a program that serves low-income people uh, in the states, people who buy their own insurance, they would all automatically go into the Medica Medicare plan. Uh, but employers could keep offering insurance uh, if they choose to. Um, they could also just pay to pay a tax to the federal government and, and stop offering insurance. And workers who get employer-based insurance could make the choice to go into Medicare or not. Um, so, you know, this would preserve uh, employer-based insurance, which I think is is the the thing that really makes people nervous about Medicare for all. Yeah. Let's um, and so again with the O'Rourke plan, you can keep your private insurance if you want it, 
or you can buy, and at any age, you could buy into the Medicare plan, but we don't know how much that would cost us. Uh, we, don't, we don't know how much it would cost, um, okay. e- exactly. Uh, but again, it, it would, by preserving employer insurance, by preserving premiums, preserving deductibles, uh, you know, it means that the cost of the government, that tax increase, would definitely be less. Okay. I explain the, the nuance of uh, Senator Kamala Harris's plan, because it's basically Medicare for all, but it well, let, you're you're the secretary of explaining things. You, I'm going to let you take take it from here because, and it, it, it's also talk about how it stretches out over ten years. Yeah. So Senator Harris again, I think is is trying to capture that enthusiasm for Medicare for all, yeah. uh, but avoid uh, some of the the political potholes uh, on on the way. So uh, it would do two things to avoid that. One is it would. Um, have a, a long transition, a 10-year transition. In fact, by the time Medicare for All happens, Senator Harris, if she's elected, <laughs> would no longer be president. She'll be collecting her pension. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Um, and, you know, that long transition uh, does a couple things. One, it, you know, I mean, we're talking about remaking a big part of the economy. So it's it's complicated. So yeah. it would it takes some time to do. Uh, but I think it also, uh, in that transition, it's not like nothing would happen. People, there would essentially be a public option during that 10-year transition. So people could choose to go into Medicare but wouldn't be forced to. Um, so it kind of allows people to, uh, you know, to window shop before they're, they're required to buy. They can see what this Medicare plan would look like uh, and, and choose to go into it or not uh, during that 10-year transition period. Public insurance would be pres- uh, would be preserved under this. That's right. Um, and the other thing that the Harris plan does is it it maintains a role, keeps a role for private insurance companies, even um, after the ten years. Even after the ten years. So you know, in Medicare today, there there are plans called Medicare Advantage plans. These are uh, plans offered by uh, private insurers. You know, Aetna, Humana, Cigna. Kaiser Permanente, uh, and people can choose to get their Medicare benefits through these private insurance plans. And Senator Harris would preserve those plans. So kind of after the 10 years, everyone would go into this Medicare for all plan. uh, But once you're in Medicare, you could choose to go into traditional Medicare where the government's your insurer, uh, or you could choose one of these private Medicare Advantage plans offered by private insurance companies. So it, you know, it avoids taking on uh, the private insurance industry um, in the, the same way that Sanders' plan does. And any idea about costs on, on the Harris plan? It's, you know, it would probably be very similar to the cost of, of the Sanders plan uh, ultimately. Um, it looks a lot cheaper uh, initially because it doesn't actually happen <laughs> for, for 10 years. Uh, so that initial cost uh, would definitely be lower. Um, and as you know, I mean, in, in kind of congressional budget scorekeeping, uh, they uh, they tend – the Congressional Budget Office, which is kind of the budget referee in Congress. Yes, nonpartisan uh, office. Nonpartisan. looks at the cost of, of new legislation over a 10-year period. Uh, so by having a 10-year transition, the, the Harris plan will certainly look a lot cheaper. Oh, good. So it's a, it's a strategic – it's a strategically right. smart, politically right. smart. Okay. Well, props to Ace Smith on that. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, – and the Sanders plan, by contrast, Sanders, Warren, uh, Gabbard, and uh, de Blasio, uh, they support – that phase-in would be over four years. So it would be much more of a – much more of an intense uh, – transfer. That's right. That's right. And and they would still be president. Um, and they would still be president. Happens, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the other thing about that is that um, if the, the long phase in politically, would that be, you know, open that up to more challenges? Because you'd have, you know, you'd have Congress is changing back and forth. Would that be more vulnerable to being 
picked apart, like we saw Obamacare picked apart. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely imagine a, a repeal and replace, you know, repeal and replace Medicare for all movement starting uh, after a bill like this this passed. Um, and I, you know, I've experienced this. I worked uh, for many years, many years ago, for the governor of Massachusetts, and uh, we passed a, a health reform plan with a long phase in, and uh, and it never quite got phased in. Oh, uh, what, what governor was that? As Governor Dukakis. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so there's yeah there's always a risk with these long phase-ins uh, and a potential political backlash uh, that uh, that you'd never get there. Uh, but you know if if the first part of of Harris's plan, the public option, went into effect, then uh, you know it could look very similar to the Biden plan uh, hmm. if it never gets to the full full transition. Okay, and then um, let's talk about what the Republicans and President Trump are offering here. The you know famously they they said we're going to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare. Uh, that did not work, but they have picked apart the program in, in other ways. What are they offering going forward? Well, uh, you know, the president has not been very specific uh, about uh, – uh, he's been very specific that he still wants to repeal the Affordable Care Act and has vowed yes. to do that uh, in 2021 if he has uh, – if he's reelected and has the House of the, and the Senate as well. Uh, he has promised to offer a, a detailed plan uh, multiple times. Most recently, uh, he said he would have a plan in September. Uh, so we will see soon. S September 2019. Whether that happens. Yes. yes. September <laughs> okay. 2019. Okay. Yes. Just, just um, checking. You know, the, he, he has talked – about in fact the president in his budget proposal, which was largely dead on arrival in Congress, right. but uh, he talked about a plan called Graham Cassidy, uh, and this was a plan uh, originally sponsored by Senators Graham, uh, Lindsey Graham, and um, and Senator Cassidy from Louisiana. Um, and the idea is to kind of take the Affordable Care Act, get rid of it, and replace it all with a giant block grant to states. So give states a bunch of money, um, kind of you know repeal the insurance rules, protections for people with pre-existing conditions, uh, and let states figure it out. Uh, and the president has endorsed that kind of approach. Uh, you know what he ultimately proposes, uh, we we may see in September. Uh, but he you know he has uh, he has been very successful. I mean, even though he has not repealed the Affordable Care Act, uh, you know there there have been some big changes. I mean, Congress repealed the individual mandate penalty, uh, which was the most hated piece of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, the president has dramatic- oh, Though it's the one that required you to have insurance or pay a fine. That's right. That's right. So that's gone uh, as, of, as of this year. Uh, the president has um, uh, cut back dramatically on, on outreach, uh, you know, leading to uh, reductions in enrollment uh, under- In other words, under the, 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 marketing, the marketing arm for to sell these plans. Exactly. To, so people can know they exist. If Ex they don't exist, or exactly. if people don't know they exist, nobody fund- joins them. They're not funded, basically starving them to death. Yes. So he's reduced outreach by, by 90 percent. Um, you know, also made big changes in Medicaid, um, which was a, a piece of the Affordable Care Act. So, for example, the uh, Trump administration has allowed states to put in place work requirements uh, under Medicaid where you have to work uh, in order to, to get Medicaid. Um, and, you know, big changes in, in reproductive health um, Restrictions on uh, on a program called Title Ten, which provides money to groups to do uh, family planning, uh, and and that money has now been cut off to any organizations that um, provide abortions as well. Planned Parenthood being the, the good example. And how about Medicaid and immigrants? They didn't need, there were there were changes there too. There have. I mean, just just recently, uh, the administration has uh, put in place um, new rules for what are called public charge. Um, so this is um, kind of a test for. 
uh, for legal immigrants. So legal immigrants who are trying to get a green card, a test of whether they're going to be dependent on the government. Um, and that used to be basically just welfare, you know, cash assistance. Um, it's now been extended to food stamps uh, called SNAP now and also Medicaid. So if you use Medicaid benefits, you get food stamps, uh, you might be denied a green card. All right. Let's talk about how these plans, as people understand them, are, are polling because you at the Kaiser Family Foundation, you do not only do great research work, but you do a lot of great polling. And, and, and um, so first of all, do people understand the differences? I mean, what is your what does your polling say? Do when when we're sitting there watching 10 hours of debate, do we know what we're looking for? There's no way that people understand understand <laughs> these things, um, and uh, and I think a lot of people didn't watch ten hours of debate either. Uh, the two oh, of us oh did, but, yes, yeah. the, the two nerds in this room <laughs> did. Yes, uh, no, I mean, people are really confused. I mean, for example, uh, you know, there's this big controversial issue with Medicare for All, whether it would eliminate private insurance, right? Yeah. And um, we actually asked people, um, do you think Medicare for All would eliminate private insurance? Would you be able to keep your current insurance? Yeah. And most people said, oh, yeah, no, I'd be able to keep my my insurance. In oh. fact, most people who support Medicare for All believe that they would be able to keep their current insurance Ooh, under Medicare that's for not All. That's like good. Most like more than 50 percent. Yeah, more than 50 percent, yes. Oh. Okay. So, so, so people are very confused about these plans. Okay. So when people hear about Medicare for all, though, they like it. The Sanders campaign, uh, I think I was on a conference call this week. They said uh, Senator Sanders is the most trusted uh, a, a messenger for um, Medicare for all and for health care issues. I don't know if you've measured that. But um, what but do people understand what it is? No, so people are confused, but but it is it but is like I mean, it. Senator Sanders is right. Most people do support Medicare for all. Okay. Uh, uh, support has declined a little bit. It was we, it was Where a high it, of fifty nine percent. Now it's down to fifty one percent support mm. Medicare for all. Uh, but still majority uh, support and an overwhelming majority of Democrats, which is why we're hearing about it a lot in the okay, Democratic like debates. 60, 60 plus. Oh uh, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, if we were having Republican debates right now, I don't think they'd be talking so so favorably no, about Medicare for all. Um, huge partisan divide. Um, but, you know, the because people are confused, if you present people with some uh, messages, the kind of messages that opponents will use to attack Medicare for all, support plummets. Um, so for example, an example. What, yeah. So for things. example, if you tell people that it would require a, a tax increase or tell people uh, that it would eliminate private insurance, support drops to about a third. Wow, to like 33, 34% support Medicare for all when they know it's going to raise their taxes or if they know that they'll lose their private insurance. Exactly. Now, on the flip side, if you tell people it would guarantee healthcare as a right, it would eliminate premiums and deductibles, support uh, rises. But, uh, you know, so so in some ways this will be a, a battle of spin, uh, you know, between the advocates of Medicare for All who will talk about universal coverage and eliminating premiums, eliminating deductibles, uh, and President Trump who's going to be out there talking about, you know, socialized insurance and increases in taxes and um, eliminating so private what, insurance. Do you get any sense from the polling research you've done would this, whether this would be an advantage for the Democrat who wins the nomination to advocate a Medicare for All program? Well, uh, it's um, uh, I, I think there are really some big there are some big political landmines uh, in this. I mean, Democrats have historically had a big advantage on health care um, uh, politically. They risked losing that after the Affordable Care Act passed, um, you know, and the Tea Party was created and, and Republicans took control of Congress. Um, 
But uh, but since that time, as Republicans have tried to repeal the ACA, it's become more popular, and, and Democrats have a very strong advantage politically. Helped uh, them win over, in 2018, correct? It, absolutely, no. 2018. Yeah, I mean, the midterms. The, the big issue in the midterms was was health care and Republican efforts to repeal the ACA and and uh, and uh, undermine protections for people with pre-existing conditions. Um, you know, there there's a risk that if Democrats push a bold plan like Medicare for all that, uh, you know, has some benefits, uh, but also has some political downsides and trade-offs, um, that that could leave them vulnerable. Mm. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's rare in healthcare that, uh, that, that a president or a party in power, um, uh, has any political advantage to pushing a big comprehensive health reform plan. Uh, you know, it always, healthcare always sounds good at the bumper sticker level and then yeah. you start filling in the details and the trade-offs become clear and it doesn't always sound so good. So do you anticipate if, uh, Unless it's the the nominee is a is a Bernie Sanders or a maybe a Warren I don't know because she's sort of not come out with her specific plan correct on she is healthcare? not I mean uh, you know uh, Senator Warren has said she's with Bernie uh, yes, on, on healthcare but she has not put out a specific plan okay. uh, and she has in the past talked about. Uh, you know, she supports Medicare for all, but sees multiple pathways to getting to universal coverage. Um, so there's, you know, there's some room for her to to pivot. So if she were to be the nominee, she might come back towards the center and say, and go with the. There's many roads to. Uh, I could see that. In fact, Senator Warren has has uh, authored a bill in in the Senate that would build on the ACA. You know, very similar to to Biden's uh, approach. Um, so I think you know, Democrats, uh, Democrats. There's a lot of for Democrats. There's a lot of political mileage uh, in attacking President. President Trump on healthcare and his efforts to undermine the ACA and coverage for for women's health, um, and uh, you know that 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 may be. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to bring that out in a Democratic primary when the candidates are uh, jockeying against each other. They're not really uh, running against President Trump yet. Right, right, and and Warren, I guess that she might be the person to watch to see how far left she's going to be pulled on healthcare because if she is the nominee. She might have to kind of tack back to the center uh, to capture a larger audience. Uh, yeah, of swing I, yeah. I think Bernie Sanders is not backing away from Medicare. No, at all. no, uh, he's, never, fact, he's been at it for thirty-five yes. years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Senator Warren, <clears throat> I think, has some some room to uh, at least um, uh, room for a broader message. She's preser- preserving her wiggle room, yes, or yes. weasel room, as we <laughs> like to we like to call it on this podcast. Okay. Um, Anything else we should be looking for or listening for when we hear the the next round of debates? I think we have, uh, by my count, is it ten more to go on the Democratic side <laughs> before before, <laughs> before July? Uh, you know, I think one thing to look for is whether uh, some of the Democrats, particularly Senator Warren, uh, you know, do start to soften their message a, a little bit around Medicare for all, and we already saw that with uh, <clears throat> Senator Harris. Uh, you know who who uh, is a sponsor, a co-sponsor of, of the Sanders Medicare for All bill, but has now put out her own proposal that uh, you know is is uh, you know avoids some of the the political downsides. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether Senator Warren does does the same. Senator Booker, who is also a co-sponsor of, of Medicare for All, um, and you know th- there's another big wild card just just sitting out there, which is a lawsuit. Um, that uh, a number of states brought to overturn the Affordable Care Act, to throw it out. Uh, and the Trump administration, rather than defending the law, which is normally what a uh, the federal government would do, um, has actually signed on to it and is also agreeing that the Affordable Care Act should be thrown out. Uh, a federal district court judge in Texas uh, agreed 
and throughout the law, and it's now before an appeals court, uh, and they could rule as early as September. Um, so, you know, that that could be a huge wild card. I mean, that could end up in the Supreme Court, you know, right before the election next year. In sub- September, this September. This okay. September, yeah, right. Okay. This fall, I think the appeals court will likely rule, and then it could end up at the Supreme Court next year. Wouldn't that be a, a I mean, in a in a in a raw political way, which is what we're going to talk about here. Uh, couldn't that be a boon for Democrats? I mean, if the ACA is gone, they could run like, look what this guy did. He took away your your coverage for pre-existing conditions, having your kids uh, covered till they're 26, two of the most popular provisions that pretty much everyone agrees to. Wouldn't that be like, a you know, in a sick way, good for Democrats politically? Yeah. Well, I think as we saw in the 2018 midterms, uh, you know, the the effort by Republicans and President Trump to repeal the ACA was, was <clears throat> very unpopular and 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 produced a political backlash. Uh, I mean, I think for Democrats, it, it would really jumble <laughs> the discussion. Uh, you know, it would allow them to run aggressively against President Trump for supporting this lawsuit to, to overturn the ACA. Uh, on the other hand, they would be forced to, to then uh, uh, discuss what they would do. Would they replace it with something that looks like the Affordable Care Act or replace it with Medicare for All, which has its own uh, political uh, downsides and trade-offs? Wow. Uh, one more thing before I let you go is the, um, you alluded to this, is that s- several of these candidates technically support Medicare for All. So they can come out and say they support Senator Sanders' bill that he introduced, was it last, earlier this year, I guess. So they can, like Booker can say, I support Medicare for all. Harris can say, I signed on to this bill for Medicare for all. So they kind of can technically say, I support Medicare for all, even though they might be advocating for something different from it. Right. I mean, you know, for for example, many of these candidates, uh, Senator Harris, uh, Senator Booker, Senator Warren, uh, are sponsors on multiple bills in the Senate, uh, Medicare for all as well well as other bills. Um, You know, so I think it's fair to say that for for many of them, uh, other than Senator Sanders, uh, they're open to a whole variety of different approaches, including Medicare for all, but not necessarily limited to it. Wow. Larry Levitt, the Secretary of Explaining Healthcare. Thank you for being on It's All Political and keeping us largely out of the weeds. (laughs) Anytime. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank the Secretary of Explaining Healthcare, Larry Levitt, for coming in today and explaining all this stuff to us. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for producing today's podcast. And remember, whether you like your healthcare plan or not, it's all political. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks. <laughs>